0: thanks for checking out the new hope podcast we believe this message will encourage you and transform you into who God is calling you to be you are loved enjoy we are continuing our series on kingdom builders by now a lot of us will know what a kingdom what we're calling a kingdom builder this year our our goal and our theme this year is is kingdom builders to be the people of God, to be those people that God has called us to be. And so uh, we, we've gone through Kingdom Builders Listen, Kingdom Builders Praying Fast, Kingdom Builders Are Hashtag Blessed, right? Anybody here last Sunday? You got that t-shirt? I, got, I literally bought the t-shirt, right? Um, but today, Kingdom Builders Love. Everybody say, love. Now you're like, Pastor Lane, you're only preaching this because of Valentine's Day, right? No. Kingdom builders, love. We are called, we are people that are called to love. And so I'm not just talking about uh, married couples today. I'm talking about Christians, people in general, that we are called to love. Everybody say love one more time. Now, I want to put on the screen someone that I love dearly. She's right here. This is Emma. Everybody say, oh. Man, I love, my, I love my wife, and I would have put a picture up there, but I don't know if she would have let me, so, but this is Emma. Emma is eight years old, and man, I, I love Emma. I love my wife. You know what? I don't always show it in the right way, though. I don't know if you're like me in that. I'm not perfect, but you know what is amazing? At the beginning of February, Tara's like, hey, I want to, let's show Emma how much we love her so the next picture shows this her door in her room each day of, of, of February did I say November each day of February uh, we uh, we put we put hearts on her door and we put things that we love about her to encourage her and then and then they'll show like a bigger one um, you are kind and then there's one more I think um, you love Jesus isn't that awesome and we have to show, we can't just say I love something, we have to act out our love, right? We need to, to, to love. You know, we, we all at some point in our life, maybe we've fallen in love, right? Right? Anybody? Anybody fall in love? Some of us, when we're younger, fall in lust. You're like, ooh, ooh, ooh. You're like, Pastor Landon, are you talking about that today? But you know what? When we fall in love, it's exciting, isn't it? It's like n- it's new. It's it's awesome. Um, you know that we all love in different ways, right? That we're all different. God has His fingerprint on us. Yes, it says we are created in His image, but we all love in a couple different ways, right? If you've ever read uh, the the New York Times best selling book, "The Five Love Languages," it goes through and it tells just kind of in general, five ways that humans love. Um, Words of affirmation. Maybe you're the person who's like, man, I I thank people. I say how great they are. I I tell them how good they look. I tell Tara like every other day how good she looks because she deserves it. Um, Number two, quality time. Some people love, that's how they receive love. They have quality time or vice versa. That's how they give love. The third one is receiving gifts. Anybody, is that your love language? <laughs> yeah, wow. Does anybody know Monica over here? She's the only one in the room. Uh, that, that's their, uh, I'll remember that. Tara, we need to give Monica a better Christmas present next year. Um, so, but and then the, the fourth one is acts of service acts of service. Anybody? That's like, man, if if the husband just took the trash out, you'd be like in heaven. There would be a whole lot of quality time happening at that house. Wow. Okay. A little far? Nope. Um, And then the first, or the fifth one, physical touch. Nobody's screaming at this one, right? Now, we're not just talking about marital, but you know what? Somebody's like, give a pat on the back, give a hug, you know, that's how some people love, right? And sometimes the people who are like, don't touch me. I've got like a five-foot bubble. Don't go near me. And I'm like the, I'm like the hug guy. I'm the, I'm the handshake. I'm the special handshake person. Where's my... Okay, now, is she here? She's working. Um, so we all, ha- we all love in different ways, but we all come from God, and God is what? Love. Love, love right? You know, people, all of us speak different love languages. This also uh, translates not just in our marriages, but outside of our marriage, right? And we might get, um, if if we're not loved a certain way from people, and maybe we don't totally understand it all the time, but we're going to get offended maybe sometimes, right? I cannot believe that this person didn't do this. Right, so we 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 get we get offended because maybe people aren't speaking the same love languages. Tara and I have the exact opposite love languages, like exact opposite. Right, mine's mine's quality time and physical touch. Right, so even if she's like, "Hey, good job," I'm like, "That's awesome." Or words of affirmation, "Great job." Hers hers is different. Hers is. Um, Acts of service. See, I just need to work on this. <laughs> and, and sometimes it can, it ha, we have conflict because of those things. And a lot of times, all of us in this room, we have conflict because we're expecting other people to do this for us when we're the only person who knows that, right? Uh, we are all called to love. A big word, it's a big topic. Our culture uh, looks different when, when we they talk about love, right? You see commercials, you see movies, and it's and it's about what, what people think love is, but it's not quite right. That type of love isn't quite what God was intending. So from the very beginning, God, who is the God of love, he embodies what love is, created Adam and Eve, and right away. They sinned, right? They went against what God intended for them to be. And so you know what? Their, one of their sons killed their other his brother. Is that love? No, so from the very beginning, we've, we've been at odds with love. There's been hate and love, right? And it's been fighting uh, for ever since the very beginning. You know um, and at one point in our life, we have what I call a heart issue. You kind of know what I'm talking about? There's maybe something, maybe it was from a divorce, maybe it's from what your parents did, maybe it's from what people would say at school about you, but our hearts start changing because we're allowing these issues into our heart, right? We're allowing whatever it is. It might be your fault, Maybe you're allowing certain sin in your life. It might be someone else that has said something to you, that's hurt you. Whatever it is, we develop this thing called a heart issue. We allow these things to fester up in our heart, and it really changes who God intended you to be. Right? Maybe it's when you are young like me. My parents got divorced when I was eight years old. I developed a heart issue because... Of that situation I was in, but now I'm an adult. Hey, I need to I need to let the Lord take care of that in me, right? And it's it's there's so maybe today, examine, think about what God is talking to you about. Maybe you know the moment where your heart issue started. Maybe you're like Pastor Landon, I'm so messed up. I don't know where it started. I don't know what's going on. But I believe that today, if you let him, God will give you freedom. In your heart, He will say, Hey, I'm a God of love. I'm going to inject love into you, and all the other stuff goes away. Amen. Isn't that awesome? That God can make your hard heart soften, that God can make the heart issues that you have in your life go away. Because really, for what we have in here, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart is how we act. Is how we, how we interact with people. It's how we talk to people. It's how we uh, interact at work or at school or in our marriage. Right? Amen. I love this guy in the front row. He can say amen. Anybody else say amen? Any, any amens? So today we're going to jump in and, and talk about love um, and why kingdom builders, we need, we need love for each other. Because I think even in the church, we've got those heart issues, right? I see it on Facebook. If we don't like something politically, right? Get the fingers going, right? And what it shows to the world is oh, Christians are just like everybody else. They don't love, they say it, but the actions are speaking louder than our words. We need to love. We need to love. You're like, Pastor Landon, it's easy to say right here. We're all around people, like-minded people, right? But when I get out there, man, this person really sets me off. This person's really hurt me. This person's offended me. So we're going to talk all about that today. Listen to what Proverbs 4.23 says. Above all else, listen everybody, above all else, guard your what? Heart. Heart. For everything you do flows from it. God's calling us to guard our heart. How do we guard our heart? How do we not let things offend? I believe that when... I'm a heart guy, okay? I love hard, I work hard, I serve hard. You know, I connect with people. And man, when, when something happens, someone does something, I do get offended sometimes. It does let me down sometimes. But we got to remember... That we gotta protect, guard our heart. And how do we do that? It's by daily opening the word and saying, God, examine me. Take anything out that doesn't need to be there. Cleanse me. Remember David, right? King David, cleanse me with hits up, cleanse me. Help me understand these issues and, and take them away from me. What we um What have we allowed in our hearts? Think about that today. Maybe grab your bulletin on the back, it's blank, there should be a pen, and maybe start writing down what you've led in your heart. Maybe it's been an individual that doesn't have any place in your heart, right? The Bible says to not be unequally yoked, right? And so we love people, but the Bible says that that life's going to be hard if we're unequally yoked if we're together with someone who's not a believer, have we let someone in our heart? Have we let images or or noise, whatever that noise may be, have we let that into our heart? Because all of those things are going to corrupt what God's called you to, who God's called you to, and that's Him. Amen? Amen. Not getting many amens on that one. Or maybe it's what other people have put there. Do you know that usually someone who's offended, the other person does, has no idea? Do you know that? If we get offended by somebody, that other person probably has no idea. Talk to that person. If they're a Christian, go to your brother. Don't tell the neighborhood. Don't tell half the church. And I'm not preaching this. I don't have anybody in mind. We got a great church, but there might be people like that. Don't tell half the church. Don't tell your whole neighborhood or your people at work. Go to your brother. Hey, brother, I got an issue, right? What whoever it is. And talk it out. Because God wants us to not have these heart issues. Amen? He wants us to love. It's hard to let go, isn't it? Let it go. Let it go. You know, but we need to let God check our heart today. Everybody say, check our, heart. check our heart. God, check our heart. So today, my prayer for you as we go through this message is for, to God, for God to check our heart, and I'm asking that for myself too. Just don't go through it. Sometimes we go through things, and we just go through it just to go through it, but go through things not just to go through it, but to grow through it, right? God wants us to grow. He wants us, he's, we're, sometimes we're in a test, and you know what? Pass that test, we go on to the next level. Amen? And, and the hard part of this whole thing, the heart issues, is a lot of times that's from hurt, right? We've We've all been hurt before, and what's hard is if God doesn't if we don't allow God to deal with our hurt, hurt people, hurt people. Does that make sense? So if we're hurt and we're in a relationship, we'll hurt people, hurt people. So we got to be careful um, in there. Uh, so our main scripture today is from Matthew. We're, ta- we're still in the Sermon on the Mount, right? We're still in the sermon. And he's talking about love. But look, I love how Jesus totally flips the script, like all the time. Look at this, Matthew 4, uh, Matthew 5, uh, verse 43 and beyond. It says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Listen, He causes His Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will it get you? So imagine, like, it's easy to love someone who's nice, right? Who loves you back. How much harder is it to love that annoying co-worker? Oh, Lord, help me with this person. Right? Man. How hard is it to love that individual driving down 27 in the fast lane that's going too slow? It's hard. Right? How hard is it to love that person that persecutes you, that puts you down, that is mean to you? It's hard. Are not even the tax collectors doing that? and if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? I find Christians are really bad at this. Can I talk to all of us for a minute if you're a Christian? We're really bad. We love, oh, we love church people, but someone comes in that's different, doesn't believe the way you believe, is on the different side of the political aisle than us, We're called to love everybody. Doesn't mean we like what they say. Doesn't mean we like what they're for. Doesn't mean we're not against what they're for. But we still show love because we're Christ followers. Let's pray and we'll jump in here. Lord, we thank you today for you. For, for you. Lord, we thank you that we get to gather together uh, in this moment of time on February 10th, two thousand and 19. And we just pray that today you would speak life to your church. Help us with our heart issues. Heal us. Examine us. uh, Search us. Check our heart today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Okay, so I'm going to jump in. I want to share three things with you today. Number one, look at this. Number one, don't be the monkey. Everybody say monkey. Don't be the the monkey. It's going to take a minute for you to understand what this means, but you will. By the end of this point, you'll get it. you know, a lot of heart issues start with a really small seed, right? Starts with a moment in time that something goes wrong in your life or you open up your heart doors to something that you should not have in there, right? It's a little seed, and you know what happens? It grows, or you open it up to a fence after offense. You know what? That seed goes in there, plants in your heart, and it begins to flourish begins to to grow and take over your heart then your life then your relationships and by the end of it you're you're bitter right maybe you're you're bitter or something a lot of times we have these issues and we don't allow God to deal with them you know this is what the enemy loves Christians, is that we get offended. Maybe it's something that we don't even need to be offended about. Maybe it's something that we're dealing with, and the enemy's like, sweet, all right, we're planting seeds, and he's got you trapped. He wants that hurt, the enemy. He wants that offense to become a root in your life. Something that will grow and grow and grow and become bitter. It'll become hate in your life. It'll become a bad temper. It'll become maybe a bad attitude. It'll make you to lose hope in people around you, right? I've heard something one time. Someone got hurt by something. It was something simple, and I'm never talking to that person again. Come on. We've all done that, right? I'm because guess what? It hurt you, right? It hurt you. Oh, I'm not going to that church again. They did not, you know, whatever it was, right? We are all imperfect people. Even I am. Right? <laughs> Someone, amen. <laughs> yes. But you know what? It's like a trap. Now, I want to tell you this. In Kenya, they trap monkeys. You want to know how they do it? They get a coconut. I'm not talking to some little wimpy coconut, I'm talking about a big old coconut, right? So they get this coconut, they put a little hole in one end and they put a little bit of a bigger hole in the other end. They tie it to a tree and you know what they do is they put fruit, they put maybe bananas or whatever kind of fruit inside the coconut, all right? And so they're like, we want to, they're either going to eat the monkey, sorry any PETA people in here, they're going to eat the monkey or they're going to trap the monkey and do something else with the monkey. So they put it in a tree and then they wait. They they hide in the bushes and they wait. And the monkey comes along, right? I'm not going to do the monkey because, you know, I'm not a monkey. The monkey comes along, puts his hand in, and then grabs on to the fruit. And guess what happens? He will not let go of the fruit. He keeps pulling and pulling and pulling, and guess what? The, the coconut is tied to the tree. Inside is fruit, and the monkey is holding onto the fruit and will not do this and be like, oh, just get away. Every time. He holds onto the fruit, and he comes, and guess what? The guy comes along, bonks him on the head, traps him, does whatever they do with them. Now you're like, what are you talking about today, Pastor Landon? A lot of times in our life, offense is like that. A lot of times in our life, hurt is like that. The enemy's like, great, I got him. I trapped him. So today I'm calling New Hope Church, Christians, kingdom builders, don't be the monkey. We want whatever it is in there so badly that we won't let go. Either the monkey gets caught and is hit on the head, or whatever. Look at what, a, look what James 1 says about this. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters, don't be the monkey. Sometimes people trap you intentionally. They'll ask a question, try to get you in there, right? Some, sometimes it's just the enemy. Sometimes it's the sin in you. Let me give you an explanation. Maybe there's something that you and your spouse can tick each other off with. Do you know what ticks your spouse off? You're not married unless you don't know this, okay? Okay. Is there, is there anybody you're like, I'm not, I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not saying anything. I know what, I know what ticks Tara off. She knows what ticks me off. Right? So imagine your spouse says something and you're like, you grab on, right? And you won't let go. By the end of it, you had an argument. It doesn't look good. And then you start talking about divorce or whatever it is. A lot of times, we're like that. We're as dumb as a monkey sometimes. Right? Don't be the monkey. Allow God to rule your life. Not those feelings, not that hurt. Allow him to take that from you. Amen? Because number two, number two, God is what? Oh, come on, church. Number two, God is? Love. love. You know that God loves us more than we could ever imagine? Yeah. Right? I know that we are created in the image of God, right? But, like, we think about, when we think about God, a lot of times we think about maybe our, how our dad loves us. Maybe you grew up without a dad. So you, maybe you don't understand God's love. Maybe you grew up with a really good dad, and you're like, I can understand God's love a bit. Maybe you grew up with an abusive dad. and You're like, man, I don't know about this. But God loves us so much more than we could imagine. Look what Mark 6 says about Jesus. And Jesus comes from the Father. It says, Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. You know, Jesus, imagine being in that moment. This really happened. Sometimes we read the Bible like it's a storybook, right? Like it's, like it's fiction. But Jesus is walking and he sees this huge crowd and he has compassion for them have you ever had compassion for somebody? I remember talking to David Duke uh, years ago. He went to to Russia um, for a mission trip, and um, from a young age, he knew that he was adopted, and they went to an orphanage, and he said it just broke him. He had so much love for those kids because he's been there, done that, right? Right? He has compassion on all of us. Amen? Amen? You know, I want to talk about this. We talked about this a few weeks ago. But you know, God loves kids. If you see any interaction that Jesus had in the New Testament with kids, he was always telling, you know how like people like try to shush away the kids? Shush, yeah, shush. I do that sometimes with my kid. But Jesus is like, no, no, no. Let the kids come to me. Right? Let them come to me. He loves children. He loves their innocence. Let the little children come to me. Because why? God is love. You know, um, a few weeks ago, uh, New York State passed into law this, like, most radical abortion legislation ever right up to 9 months old and I'm not here to talk politically but I'm here every Sunday to talk morally and that's morally wrong right but what I do what I didn't speak to that Sunday when I talked about that a minute is that if you're a, if you're a lady in here this morning who had an abortion God loves you God loves you, and he wants to bring you back to himself, and maybe he already has, right? But what happens a lot of times in in churches, in the Christian world, is people like, "We're, we're no abortion, and I agree. I don't agree with abortion, but we start hating on people who that's what they think, but we never do anything about it. If you're pro-abortion, you should be pro-adoption. No one's saying amen, right? Because we got to do something about that. If we're, if, we're not, if we're not for abortion, then we need to be for adoption, right? And so look what, look what James says in the first chapter. It says, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress. Pause there. That's God's heart, is for a widow and for someone without parents. And I remember a, um, a couple months ago, I read this article. About a man who who went through the foster care system, who was adopted or it wasn't adopted, but he just kept going through the foster care system. He's like, Thanks, church, you brought over clothes, I got Christmas presents, I got this. But I never got a family. I never got a family. He said, I didn't want a Christmas present. I wanted to be part of a family. So if we're pro-life, we need to be pro-adoption. And then look what it says here, and this kind of brings us full circle back to us and our heart issues. To look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. There's our heart issue, right? Love widows, love orphans, take care of them in their distress, but also, don't be polluted by this world. Don't be polluted. You know how we can, we can work that out? Is maybe we got to get rid of some stuff in our life that's polluting it, right? Imagine, just a couple days ago, our, the city water where we live in uh, Avon, Avon Park Lakes, they were on a boil notice. Guess what? I did not drink the water. Why? Why? It was polluted. Why are Christians polluting their life with outside stuff that we don't need? Like, Pastor, stop preaching at us. (laughs) Okay, before we jump to the last one, John 15, 13. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. You know, Jesus came and loved. He had compassion on us. He said, let the little children come to me. Listen, if, if you, second part, I'm going to harp on us one more little bit. If if you're pro-life and you're pro-adoption, then you need to be pro-working in the nursery. You need to be pro-working with our children. You need to be pro-working with our youth on Wednesday night. We'll have sign-ups afterward. We need your help. (laughs) There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. Amen? And that's what Jesus did. That's what we commemorated this morning with communion. All right, let's jump to the last one. Number three, develop love. Develop love as Tara comes. She's going to play. Do you know that the first fruit of the Spirit is love? And you know that God is saying, hey, I want you to be more like me. I need you to develop love for for one another, for your neighbor, and for who maybe you're calling your enemy. The first fruit of the Spirit is love. Isn't that amazing? That's not a coincidence. Saying first and foremost, love. And God calls us to develop that fruit pretty amazing how it's the number one, the top one. We needed to uh, demonstrate, demonstrate love. You know, love a lot of times means that we're going to come in second place. Love, uh, gentlemen, young gentlemen is holding the door for the young lady to walk through. Come on. Right, guys? Want to have a good lady? Open the door. Wanna have a not so good lady? Don't open the door, and if she accepts it, not the one for you. Love is second place. Love means being kind to others when they're not kind for you, to you. Love covers a multitude of sin. The Bible says, forgive seven times 77. Love always hopes. Love uh, perseveres, love is patient, not proud, doesn't boast, isn't easily angered, rejoices with truth, always trusts. You know that love is always a good neighbor. Now I'm not just talking about the person on your left or right at your house. love your neighbor is anybody that you come into contact with right? The Bible says love God and then it says, Love your neighbor. These are the two greatest commandments. All of the other commandments are all wrapped into those. The first four, love God. The last six, love people. Love our neighbor and give them our best, even though they may give us their worst. Let me say it one more time. Love our neighbor and give them our best, even though they may give us their worst. I wanna tell you this story before we close today. In March, 1992, Jeff and Christy Leland in Seattle, Washington, found out that their baby boy, Michael, had cancer and needed a bone marrow transplant. Uh, Little Michael was only about two years old. Older sister was a perfect match, but the cost of the operation was $200,000. And Michael needed to have the transplant done within 90 days to live. To make things worse, Jeff's insurance where he worked at his school didn't cover the procedure. Fellow teachers and this teacher, Joe Kennedy, told his class about Mr. Leland's situation. Damon, a seventh grade boy who walked with a limp and struggled in his special needs class, heard about little Michael and visited Mr. Leland's home. Mr. Leland, listen don't make a big deal about it something going on with your baby he pulled out uh money pulled out 12 five dollar bills and stuffed them in his pocket word got out about damon's gift so sixty dollars right doesn't seem like a lot drop in the bucket when you're talking about two hundred thousand dollars some kids organized a walk-a-thon others contracted a local newspaper. Others held a car wash. Soon, the kids' wave of compassion poured out across Seattle. By late May, area TV stations picked up the story. The response from the news story was overwhelming. Only four weeks after Damon's gift of $60, the Michael Leland fund totaled over $220,000. Michael got the bone marrow transplant that he needed. He lived. Amen. Damon, the boy who gave sacrificially, he he gave so that someone else could live. That was all that he had. That's everything that he had. Isn't that love? that we give everything that we have, who knows by your deposit of love, your $60 of love, I'm not talking about money, I'm talking about love, your deposit of love, it could change a whole community. It could change Frostproof. It could change Polk County. It could change Highlands County. It could change Avon Park. It could change Florida. Amen? Listen to this. He accepted Jesus as his savior. After becoming close, this was Damon who gave the money. Having struggled for years with physical problems of his own, Damon died. He passed away from complications after he got an infection in one of his legs. Michael, so the young one that got the bone marrow transplant, lives on to tell Damon's story everywhere that he goes. The unlikely hero who gave his everything, to save the life of someone he didn't even know. That's love. And Damon received everlasting love. Everlasting love with Jesus in heaven. New Hope, let's develop, let's practice love. You may not get anything back ever, but God is calling us to love. Amen. bow our heads. I know we've we have, we've all failed at loving others, but we have God who hasn't failed. We have God whose love says this in John 3. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. If that's you today, it says, pastor, I want to follow the Lord. I want to I want to accept him as my Lord and Savior today. Would you just put your hand up and say that's me? I want to follow him today. I want to put my trust in him today. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you, sir. Anybody else? Thank you, sir. Anyone else? Thank you, sir. if you want to do that today or renew your commitment to the Lord, pray this prayer after me. Jesus, thank you for my life. Thank you for going to the cross for me. Thank you for spilling your blood for me. Forgive me of my sin. I want to follow you all the days of my life. Give me the gift of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. And everyone said...